1: Welcome to, what are we calling this, overtime, post-game Nats, post-post-game Nats, whatever it is, Ben Standing and Britt are here. We write for The Athletic, but we are with you here on 106.7 until 11 o'clock. Yes, Britt, 11 o'clock, way past your bedtime, I presume. I'm always up late, although not typically on the radio that late.
2: I wouldn't say it's past my bedtime. I would say it's the overtime overtime, right? The extra innings of extra innings, which I thought we might get. Earlier today with the Nats, it looked like they had a chance. Of course, losing to to Arizona four to three, I thought they they had a chance to, to push this.
1: The the one time I was telling you before, the one time I'm rooting for extra innings a little bit, if outside of my team like needing to come back in the ninth, was this. And this game, like relatively speaking for baseball, flew by. I guess sort of we're close enough, right? I mean, pretty good uh, pretty good time now.
2: So you're rooting for extra innings because you didn't. You didn't want to come on, well,
1: you know. As we were discussing, there was like some parking situations, a little bit of traffic. I, I I'm a little uh, discombobulated. I, I need, I need like an extra few minutes to to get completely situated so I can hunker in here and have a uh, fun and interesting conversation with you about the Nets. We got Commanders NFL draft talk to get into. We got and a lot. We do NBA playoffs are, are are going again tonight. Tons of injuries there that are affecting things in both conferences uh, with both teams that were in the NBA finals last year. Uh, so there is a lot to get to, and I'm a little uh, frazzled. So I'm trying to, like, relax, calm down. But, uh, you know, that's gotcha. where I needed the extra well, time.
2: let me hit you with some good news, though. Josh Bell, who uh, was dealing with a knee issue, underwent an MRI Thursday. It um, came back clean, Thursday being today. He returned to the lineup as well. So um, that's good news, Ben, because he's been a really, really solid hitter for them. He's hit safely in 12 of 14 games uh, entering today when he returned prior to uh, exiting the game on Wednesday, a little knee issue, left knee issue. Certainly something they're going to monitor, but good news for a Nationals team that also lost left-hander Sean Doolittle. Uh, he was placed on the 10-day injured list prior to the 11-2 loss yesterday uh, with a left elbow sprain. Hopefully it is just an elbow sprain. A Lots of times, Ben, when you talk about elbow issues, of course you think about Tommy John, Doolittle has been terrific here early on for the Nats, so hopefully they get some good news on that. I know he's going to get a second opinion, uh, figure that out as well, but it looks like they dodged a bullet uh, with Josh Bell, so that's some good news. I'm sorry you couldn't park, but you know what? Josh Bell's going to be okay.
1: Look, the reality is people listening to this care far more about one of those things than they do the other. That's a little unfortunate for me I'm gonna not, not gonna hurt my feelings though but I understand my my, my status here it's fine the, the baseball player affects a far more people than my uh parking situation and we're glad that everybody's you know safe and sound and healthy and, and all and all that kind of stuff except for maybe uh you know do little
2: yes but we have some good guests we have Eno Saras coming on uh, 9 30 he's gonna talk baseball you know if you don't know who he is terrific follow really really into data analytics sees the game in just a totally different way. Really excited to talk to him a little bit about the Nats, baseball in general. A lot of trends. Home runs are down already, Ben. Um, and not just because it's cold. Not just because they had a shortened spring training. Uh, it seems like there's some real trends here with the games. So we'll get into that. We'll also get into some experiments at the minor league level that are shortening games by half an hour of dead time. Can you imagine? Half an hour of dead time taken out of a baseball game. Cool.
1: It is rare to hear baseball advancing in a positive way like that, so that's a good thing if that if that becomes a uh, a trend. Because yes, the baseball games can be a little long, uh, to, to say the least. Breaking news there.
2: Yes, and we are of course going to talk commanders. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the show as well. We've got Logan Paulson coming on talk a little football with us. Right, right around the nine o'clock hour.
1: We do obviously Logan Paulson. Uh, you know, he's turned himself from a football player to a commanders analyst, and uh, I was at the combine and logan was there it was the first chance i really had to to, to talk to him sort of at length and he's definitely uh I, i'm not easily impressed with uh draft talk and uh, needless to say i was the dummy in the conversation so i'm excited to get him back uh to talk to him we'll go through what he thinks because it, it's one thing to keep saying as we all do what are they going to do at 11 and all that stuff but maybe we also need to take a step back let's look at the actual team and, and we'll talk to a guy who this is what he does. He studies the team to talk about kind of what he thinks they need to do uh, in this draft. Plus, uh, you know, there is a bunch of other things to do. The, the team has wrapped up uh, their top 30 visits, but they still have a few things going on. They're going to have a private workout tomorrow with uh, Traylon Burks, one of the wide receivers, projected to go uh, somewhere in the first round. Uh, so that's going to happen. And we've been talking a ton about them at receiver. I am curious to see if Logan thinks that is where they go because I'm still not convinced, but most of the options on the board kind of lean in that direction, but that doesn't mean they're going to have to follow the board. So we will see um, how that goes.
2: And, you know, speaking of players turned analysts, I guess there was some big news today, right? Um, on, on the on the broadcast team.
1: Sure. There were, If you if you didn't hear, uh, D'Angelo Hall is no longer going to be on the radio, the team's radio broadcast. Uh, I don't think that's, I don't know if that's been official, but I was, I confirmed that information. The new former player to replace him, London Fletcher. Uh, I, I've i not heard London Fletcher before. I know he's done some of the post-game coverage on the team's broadcast, but typically I'm in the locker room or writing or who knows what, so I haven't heard it. But obviously London Fletcher, you know, one of the more popular players in these parts in the last, you know, a couple decades. So that's an interesting switch there for sure. The, the radio broadcast is, is so different, I think, for the football than it is for baseball. It's, if baseball, it's, it's almost, it is like part of the whole deal. And because there's so many games, I think a lot of fans end up catching a good chunk of the season on the radio. Whereas with football, it is there's only so many games, you only catch some of it. I mean, if you're driving during those three hours, that's one thing, but like, it's only so much like, I, I haven't heard the broadcast in forever because I'm obviously at the game. Yeah. So, so I I I'm curious to see how it'll work. Uh, Julie Donaldson, Bram Weinstein are are still doing everything, but whatever that that they, they don't live here anymore, so we don't have to talk about them beyond uh beyond what we just did. But an interesting development for sure.
2: And that news, of course, first reported here, one zero six seven. The fan. Uh, we're gonna take your calls all night, 800-636-1067. If you want to talk Nats, you want to talk Commanders, uh, NBA playoffs. You know, if you just want to call and talk to Ben and I. Want to see how we're doing? You know, want to get some stuff off your chest.
1: That is a fair point. Like we always have to give a reason to call. You gotta. You want to make a say what the what the Nats or what the commander should do at the 11th pick, or what's the big move for the Nats? What you you could just yeah, you can just call us and say, hey, Ben and Britt has uh, has life. What's going on? You know, what's for dinner? Britt actually has dinner per usual. She has a meal. I per usual unprepared for everything so
2: and i'm i'm six and a half months pregnant i can't miss meals like (laughs) uh, i'll be laying under the table
1: well you need to be yeah well also just in general you're like a far more we we went through this the other day you're just in general a far more prepared person i'm the proverbial chicken with the head cut off kind of uh kind of kind of deal especially when uh parking is uh a problem
2: (laughs) that is true that is true but you know what ben it's like another day Another headline for the commanders, it just seems like. when it comes, to, Is there anything, like, tangibly new when it comes to the investigation on them? It doesn't seem like it, right?
1: No, we, we've reached a point where we're now in dueling statements. We're just statement, 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 and everybody's just trying to make some points. And honestly, partly because I was busy on a couple different projects, but I didn't really get into the news of the day. But one of the congressmen from the Republican side of the House Oversight Committee issued a statement kind of saying, hey, you know, we don't really see everything the same way that... The other side did, and I don't even want to get into it too much because I'll be honest, I was not completely focused. But to your larger point, it wasn't news. No, it's just it, it it. I have been saying that for a few weeks, I didn't sign up to cover politics, and this is feels like I'm covering politics because it is it is just people trying to get their side out versus we actually have some information. Even the other day when when uh the commanders put out a an updated letter that they sent a letter to the FTC, you know. Uh, countering the various points made by Jason Friedman, the um, the witness uh, who who gave information to to the oversight committee, that was news. That was information. Right. This is just, as far as I can tell, just people kind of saying, "How dare you!" And we should be doing these things. And man, okay,
2: man yells at cloud like the Simpsons uh, meme, you know, you know over I, and over.
1: Sure, I mean, I'm sure there's some method to the madness, but I'm mostly I'm, I'm more focused on other things like uh, not that
2: which is why we're, we're going to get more into, I think, sports tonight here Uh, for Charlie Ben standing uh, here with you until 11 o'clock. We're going to talk Debo Samuel's trade request, what that means, for Terry McLaurin, NBA injuries. Uh, we mentioned our two guests as well. We're going to get into the NFL draft. Ben's always got a new mock draft. He's always got stuff going on when it comes to the draft is really getting close now. As you know, Ben, I hate, I hate talking about the draft like months in advance. Well, but as we get closer... I'm in. Now like, well, we're here.
1: Literally one week right now, the draft will be going on from Las Vegas, so we won't have to be mocking anymore, other than like day two and three. But like in terms of like the round one, we'll be we'll be off and running, um, for for sure. By the way, can I just say one quick thing? Ah, you know what? I'll save this for later. Uh yeah, the mock. It, now it's not that exciting. Well, it could be. Who knows? The but yeah, the mock draft stuff is. Actually, I'm slightly bored with the mock draft stuff. Here, Here's why specifically, because I was thinking about this today. I did a yesterday for the Athletic. I did a new mock draft for Washington, but I did it three different ways. You know, sort of a choose-your-own-adventure type uh, type deal. And the 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 problem with the commanders is, and I feel like maybe this is why there's, like, not t- as much buzz as I think there should be, is that there, if you look at the draft board and you look at their needs and the players that were mentioned, they really don't have a ton of options. It's kind of like you either take wide receiver... There's a few guys there. You hope that Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame falls. And then, I don't know, maybe Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. He's not an ideal scheme fit, but he's talented. That It's not like other teams. If you look, other teams like have four and five players, you could easily justify at different positions. The commanders are kind of, it's it's kind of receiver. Maybe these one or two humans, but that's it. All the other positions around them on the boards, being projected don't work so we're, I think we've all just been repeating the same names for so long it's like okay we get it we don't really need to keep rehashing it even though obviously I do like to ponder all the scenarios possible
2: but we are getting close which I am a little bit more right now about talking about the draft now that we're oh, inside now, a now,
1: week, now you're in the right as i'm saying like let's talk about it now you're like okay let's talk about it.
2: it we didn't confer on this but it is kind of funny that we do keep switching You know, but we can talk baseball. I mean, there is a lot going on in baseball. A lot going on in baseball. Miguel Cabrera, by the way.
1: Yeah, what was that? He...
2: One hit shy of 3,000. They're playing the Yankees this afternoon. His final at bat, Aaron Boone intentionally walks him. So the fans in Detroit go nuts, as they should. I mean, the guy's on the precipice of history.
1: Are they going on the road next?
2: I think so. And you... People were like taking work off, taking their kids out of school, like want to see this. And you take the bat out of his hands. Oh,
1: what, what what was the game? Was the game situation justifiable
2: if it wasn't for that? Yeah, the Tigers were up a couple runs and I get that they were trying to win the game. Uh, right. You know, Carrera was was uh, he gets to first base and he was kind of calming everybody down the fans in the stands because they were booing very loudly uh, for Aaron Boone. And um, you know the Tigers do end up winning the game three to nothing. It was a close game. It was probably a good baseball move, but still really unfortunate. How dare he? Still really unfortunate. Exactly. You no, know, actually, it looks like they're going to be home now. I'm looking at their schedule. However, it looks like they're going to be home versus Colorado. However, Ben, imagine the fans who bought tickets. He he was on the cusp last night. You go to this game, you think there's a really good chance.
1: Oh no. If I was in the stands, that would be incredibly annoying. There's no there's no doubt. Uh there's no doubt about that. All right. Well we can talk more about annoying, annoying things like that. We will talk more about the NFL draft. I, I promise. I- I'm not really that uh down <laughs> on discussing it. We'll talk Nats, maybe Britt wants to do that when we come back. Ben Standig, Britt Giroli, here with you until until eleven on one oh six seven the fan.
0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Selling a little or a lot. to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash Today, Yesterday,
2: they pound the Nationals. They score 11 runs. Today, they win the game by one run. Juan Soto, up with the bases loaded. He gets behind, pops up, spikes his bat, just cannot come through. And they end up with a series split, which if you had told me going into it, I think you would have been okay with that. Um, Watching how bad Arizona was for those first two games, I think you probably wanted more, especially now The Nats have the Giants coming into town. Um, A very, very good Giants team coming into town. So that's going to be a a litmus test of sorts. It's one thing to split a series against Arizona. Um, I think the Nats rotation is going to have some problems here with the Giants lineup um, coming into this. But, you know, good news and bad news on the injury front for the Nats. They lose Sean Doolittle, a left elbow sprain. He's on the I.L., but they get good news today. Josh Bell returns to the lineup after he had an MRI on his left knee. That was okay. So that is big news for the Nats. You need Josh Bell. You need some kind of Soto protection. You need these cruises. these Bells. Bells also hit safely in 12 of 14 games entering Thursday. Um, so that's big as well. But the Nats got to have a little consistency here. They, they've got to be able to um, consistently pitch and consistently hit. And I'm really curious to see Patrick Corbin, 0-2, 7.50 ERA, taking the bump Friday against the Giants. San Francisco doesn't have a starter listed just yet. They're 8-5, and the Nats are 6-9. and Corbin, to me, has been the guy that you're still waiting to lead the rotation. Everyone's waiting. Can he get back to the 2019 Patrick Corbin? I don't think that's possible. I think you just have to hope he's not as bad as the 2021 Patrick Corbin. Now, 2020, we'll take that season, we'll throw it out the window. 60-game season, COVID-shortened season. However, they did sign Patrick Corbin to a long-term deal. And now that Max Scherzer isn't here and Steven Strasburg is hurt, this is Patrick Corbin's rotation. They're only going to go as far as they can pitch. This rotation is littered with question marks, youth, inexperience, not a whole lot of depth. We know this. But Patrick Corbin has to pitch better. And I think Friday night is going to be a huge test against a Giants lineup that, as I mentioned, is a good team, is a win-now team. And that's aren't necessarily a win-now team, but I think you have to get Corbin right. And there has been signs. He just hasn't been able to consistently put it together. So that's what I'm looking for, kind of heading into this this series with the Giants, this weekend series. Um, You know, I think if you're the Nationals, you're hoping to continue to see your young guys play in good competition, continue to step up. Uh, But for me, that Friday night, watching Patrick Corbin is really going to give you a sense of what this guy is this year. You know, one start, two starts, whatever, but we're getting deep into April now. We're getting to the point where we have a little bit of tape on these starters. We kind of know. Where they're at, coming out of that shortened spring training, they were going to throw less pitches, and this is league-wide. They're going to throw less innings because people were concerned that they weren't built up enough. But we are now, April 22nd, pretty much in the throes of the season here. So I'd like to see something from Patrick Corbin as well. Uh, Be very interesting. The Nats, of course, off day Monday, and then they play the Marlins after that before they go on the road. They go out to San Francisco uh, the last weekend of April, closing that off as well. But, you know, continuing on baseball, there was so much excitement last night. Shohei Otani had a perfect game for a while going. He was literally hitting in the game and, of course, pitching in the game. And he had a perfect game going for a while. And I, I was fighting, staying up, and I'm like, I can't miss this. This is history. I mean, every time this guy takes the field, Ben, I know you're not a huge baseball fan, but I think you have to remember that we are seeing something that you may never see again.
1: Oh, last year when the Angels came to play Baltimore and Otani, it was relatively early in the year, I remember, was still, still a little chilly, and he is doing the things that he ended up doing all year. We made a pilgrimage to Camden Yards. We'll forget the fact that it was not his finest outing, we'll say, in either direction, but he was pitching and it was... A must see. I mean, when you, of all the baseball heroes, legends, the Babe Ruth story is always the one that stands out that this guy was not only a dot, you know, the best hitter of his generation, he was an incredible pitcher to boot. And now you see this guy all these years later, somebody else is actually sort of doing the same kind of a thing. I'm not comparing him to Babe Ruth per se, but, you know, he is what he's doing on both ends is incredibly remarkable and does need to be. We, we, we can't be cavalier about it. It's not just another another thing. This is in, wildly impressive.
2: It's extraordinary. Um, every time that guy takes the mound, it's a must-watch. I don't care if the Angels are watchable or not. And honestly, up until last night, I think they had lost like his first three starts or something, man. Like, they had not played well for him, and it still doesn't matter. Like He is must-watch TV in very much the same way that Max Scherzer, especially when he was here— is much to watch TV. And Max Scherzer had a no-hitter going until, I believe, the seventh inning the other night for the Mets, his first home start at Citi Field. People were wondering what would happen if Buck Showalter tried to take out Max Scherzer because the big thing in baseball, for those who weren't aware, is that Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going earlier this month, and Dodgers manager Dave Roberts took him out because of his pitch count. He was in the 80s, and they were worried. And Clayton Kershaw was fine with it and anybody who thinks that Max Scherzer would be fine with it has never watched Max Scherzer because he would have thrown a fit. Fortunately, it didn't end up being a no-hitter. Uh, it was still a really good start. The Mets, by the way, have been um, first place in the NL East, leading baseball in tons of, of categories right now without Jacob DeGrom pitching and hitting. Uh, a really fascinating team right now, and one that the Nationals are going to have to reckon with quite a bit this season.
1: I know, no doubt we already knew the Nats had a bit of an uphill climb and and obviously the the team's in their division are being are showing they are formidable including the Mets. Um uh, we've got plenty more to discuss here on the big show coming up next. I have got some thoughts. I'll tell you what's on my mind with regards to the Commanders specifically with the draft and why number 11 uh, it may not be as straightforward as you think here
0: on 1067 the Fan.
2: Welcome back to Overtime here on
1: 106.7. The fan, Ben, standing here. Britt Giroli is with me as well. We are with you until 11 o'clock. Yes, 11 o'clock, way past our usual run time here. The Nats played today, fell short to the Diamondbacks. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, at 9.30. Britt uh, will we'll be here with our, our colleague at the Athletic, Eno Saris, to break down what's going on with the Nats and a lot of interesting topics In Major League Baseball, 9 o'clock, Commander's Analyst Logan Paulson will stop by uh, on these airwaves to talk about the draft coming up. And I want to get into that a little bit right now. Uh, And and I'm here. Our producer Donald is here. I'm going to have Donald sort of play the role of uh, Commander's Nation out there because I am like constantly, Donald, I think about this way too much you know when 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 this is your job slash you don't really have uh, much of a, of a social life going on these days you just think over and over again what are the scenarios that that could possibly happen i'm curious from the outside perspective you pay attention to these things you listen to these shows you listen to us talk for for you at this point like what do you, what's your sense not even saying what you necessarily want but just based on the information what do you think is the likely scenario now based on having heard everybody talk about this yeah, well I was kind of saying to you in the break, I, I just honestly want them to try to make a good decision, which is, you know, been been a task obviously thus far. But um I know a lot of people are looking at Carson as, you know, not being the answer. Do we do we go quarterback this time? And you know, I know like a name like Desmond Riddler has kind of like fallen fallen kind of in our bracket. So I'm kind of leaning, do we do we go quarterback? Um Obviously, we have some receiver woes. We have some cornerback woes. So, I mean, there's so many spots that we can fill. But I I am curious to see if they go um, all in, you know, first round and try to get another quarterback uh, to compliment Carson. Uh, I I actually like Donald, and therefore I will not give him the treatment I would give other people if they're telling me about (laughs) taking a quarterback at 11. I've gotten angry over the last couple of weeks about this. It doesn't seem to me to be – the, the 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 plausible move, I I, I didn't even realize, uh, Brit, the TV show Better Call Saul is back. I, I, I really like this show, it, but it's, of course, it's been off for a while because of the pandemic. It came back on just the other day. I didn't realize it until I saw that it was the previous seasons were trending on Netflix. Anyway, in Breaking Bad, one of the f- famous lines is, uh, no half measures. You're going to do everything. You're going to go all the way. And taking a quarterback at 11 to I me mean, would be a half measure. You got to see Carson Wentz through. So I'm scratching that off the board. But that said, I'm trying to like talk myself into what else could they do besides a receiver. I keep coming back to they could take USC's Drake London, this six foot four contested catch monster who would be a, big, a nice compliment to what they already have with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. I'm There's also Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State receiver, who's this yards after the catch uh, freak. And he would give them something similar to what they have with McLaurin. And Samuel, but a very good, a very good player. Chris Olave, his uh, Wilson's Ohio State teammate, is a smooth rat runner. I think he's a little more limited with his upside. And then you have Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, who would have been the, probably the first receiver off the board, except he's tore his ACL in the uh, Alabama's game in the uh, college football playoffs. And it really seems like it, it just keeps coming down to unless Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame slips to them. Uh, he falls outside the top 10 that it's hard to see how they're almost not going receiver. So I keep trying to like talk myself into, well, there's gotta be something else they could do beyond just trading. I I don't know though. That's the, the, if that's the option, I'm really been sort of searching here. I I, I keep talk trying to talk myself into, could they take an offensive lineman? The only offensive lineman who are likely in that range are tackles. Uh, It looks like the top two guys, Evan Neal, and Icky Iquanda will be gone top five, six picks somewhere in there. Then you have Charles Cross from Mississippi State. He could be top 10. He might be on the board. Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa Iowa, will probably be there. But they're all tackles. So that I don't think that really works. Uh, we mentioned, uh, Donald mentioned the, the quarterbacks. We're just going to sort of slide on past those guys and pretend that's just not even going to be a thing. If you want to talk to me in the second round, fine. But we'll. We'll see. And this is where I'm struggling. It's like I want to come up with something else, and I really just can't do it. The only thing I can come up with, Britt, and this doesn't really make sense, totally, but if they think the best player on the board is a defensive lineman, that is the strength of their team right now with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. But there is a depth issue, and there are questions if you can keep all four of these guys, and Deron Payne is entering the last year of his deal. I guess if you tell me a guy like Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia... Uh, or maybe one of these pass rushers is there. It, it, by the way, nobody nobody needs to veer off the road if you're hearing this. I'm not remotely saying that <laughs> will happen. I'm literally just trying to come up with something else other than just simply saying wide receiver or Kyle Hamilton. But I, ca- I, I really can't figure out exactly how to do that, but I am trying to very, very hard to do that, Britt.
2: I can tell you're trying very hard to do that. I mean, here's the thing, and you've talked about this before, Um, do people overvalue wide receivers early? It seems like it.
1: Well, I mean, at that position, you just, you could always find guys in the later rounds, round two, they don't, they don't have a third round pick. So round two and round four, there should be some players there in round two. A guy like George Pickens from Georgia might be there. Uh, Greg Cosell, the longtime analyst for NFL films. He does the matchup show on ESPN. He was on my podcast the other day, and he said George Pickens is his number one guy, and he should – decent chance he will be there when the Commanders pick in the second round. Or if they wait till the fourth round, a guy like uh, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, uh, Desmond Ritter's top guy uh, this past year, I think he could be there and would give them a nice play. So you don't have to go receiver. Plus, I don't think necessarily Washington even wants to go with receiver. I just think that it may be their best option of their need positions. And that's why I I to, to the point we had at the top of the show. I enjoy, of course, talking about these things. I just can't. I, I would like to talk about something else besides the same three or four. Guys. Everybody yeah. in town is coming up with the same names. I promise you it is exhaustingly uninteresting in that regard, even if the whole process is interesting.
2: Well, you know what, Ben, when we come back, we'll talk NBA. We'll talk about the playoffs, talk about some key injuries going on. And then at 9 o'clock, we'll grill Logan Paulson, former tight end commander's analyst on the NFL draft. We'll ask him what he thinks about this. How All right.
1: I, I'm really hoping he gives me some new names just, 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 for my, just to help my spirit.
2: Yes. All right. but really, Ben Standing, back with you here in just a few moments.
0: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon
4: when a thought hits you.
5: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: All right. Welcome back to Overtime. Ben Standick here along with Britt Giroli. We are with you until 11 o'clock talking all kinds of things. The Nats just wrapped up their game fell to the Diamondbacks. Talked to little. Commanders. We'll do that in the next segment as well with Logan Paulson. Get get his read on what the Commanders could do in the draft, and of course, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. Britt. and you know, look, no matter what it is, nobody likes injuries. Even if even if it's to the your your, your hated rival, you you, you want to beat them. You don't want them to necessarily lose because of injuries and. From for the just purely the enjoyment of watching these athletes do their thing, you don't want that to happen. And un- unfortunately, we've had a couple injuries, key key injuries, um, over the last twenty four hours. Devin Booker is going to be out at, at least a couple weeks. It looks like for the Phoenix Suns, they lose yesterday to the Pelicans, it, It's certainly an upset. Whether Booker plays, whether Booker was in there or not, but the Pel- give the Pelicans credit, they've surged the last you know couple months of the season. They even that series one to one, and then Milwaukee, Chris Middleton. Sounds like he's got like a sprained MCL. He, it appears he will miss at least this and the rest of the first round against the Bulls. And beyond that, we'll have to see the Bucks lost yesterday uh, to Chicago because DeMar DeRozan is uh, just just had a fantastic game. So I wouldn't get too, too worried yet about the two teams that were in the finals last year getting, you know, getting out of this round. But at the same point, they're going to have uh, some hurdles uh, to overcome right now.
2: Yeah, it looks like Middleton out at least two weeks. Booker has a grade one hamstring strain. Hamstring strains are tough. I mean, one, I think, is the best. of It's one, two, and three, right? I think one is the least.
1: I'm always confused by DEFCON 1 seems like it should be the least, but it's like the worst. Like DEFCON 5 always seems like it should be hair on fire, but I feel like it's the opposite. So I'm never sure yeah. what great grades I'm always confused by.
2: Yeah, I think grade one is the least amount. You're right. But yeah, I mean, that part is is really unfortunate. But on on the good news, though looks like Steph Curry's they're going to bump up his minutes for game 3. Um so that's good.
1: I, I think, you know, as bummer as a bummer as it is for these other guys to be hurt, to watch Golden State, you know, obviously there's they've gone through a lot the last couple of years with Klay Thompson's injuries and just haven't been anything close to the team that was, you know, the dominant force in the NBA. And I'm not saying they're back at that level, but to see Curry, Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole, the new splash brother with of course, let me not forget Draymond Green wow like that was has been so much fun to watch and you know you never know how these things go there's a long way till we get to the conference finals but golden state was the team i thought would give phoenix the best chance uh to you know to knock them off and right now booker out the and while the warriors are looking like the you know the, the team we saw a, a few years ago that is a really interesting uh turn there
2: yeah and it looks like um I'm looking at some of the injury reports here as we get down to the nitty gritty. Um it looks like like Doncic will not return tonight.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. It looks it sounds like he's he, yeah, it sounds like he's probably out. I mean yeah. he I mean he got hurt right before the, the the playoff started. So that one could be could could take a minute. Um I know we need to take a break, but do we have a call and hold, Donald? Is that is that right or is that wrong?
2: <laughs> is that right or well, is that I see wrong? a call
1: and hold, I was gonna take it.
2: I mean, take it, Ben.
1: Well, but we can take it if, if if it's up to it's up to Donald. He's basically running the show. We're he just uh, figuring it all out. If he says to take it, we'll take it. He
2: gave you the thumbs up.
1: All right. Well, let's take it. What do Donald? What what do we got here?
2: Is this your first call? Read <laughs>
1: It does. There's no name on the. call. Oh, there's no name. <laughs> hey, you're on with hey, Ben and Britt.
2: We don't know your name. What's going What's going on? It's Hyman from Manassas. How you been? Doing well, great.
1: great. <laughs> Thank you for uh, breaking up whatever I was just doing. What 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 you got for us?
5: Hey, I'm... Uh, now that you're talking about the NBA, I would like to talk about the Wizards. And, and I know we're, we're out of it right now, but uh, the draft is coming up not, not that long. Uh, and, um, and I wanted to see what, what you think about uh, Adia and Hashimura. Do you think they're going to be a contributors? They're going to they, be a solid starter? Because it seems like we have a nucleus now with Porzingis if we sign Bell. Bill and then uh, uh, with, with Kuzma, but you have to be able to hit on your draft picks, and we haven't been able to do that in a long, long time. I wonder why you guys think.
1: Yeah, appreciate the call, and you know, Tommy Shepard's three picks since taking over as GM, you've got Rui Hachimura, then Denny Avdia, and then this year, Corey Kispert, and to this point, no misses, but nobody has outperformed their basic draft slot. Rui Hachimura obviously was had, had some uh, had some things going on off the court earlier in the year. He came back, and he really developed as a three-point shooter, but still I wouldn't say he took his game to a level where you see a future all-star. I was really impressed with Danny Avdia's uh, playmaking as the season went along. His defense early in the year stood out. Again, I don't know if we're ready to say he is going to be a, a, a guaranteed starter in this league, but I was – Impressed with the strides he made, but there's more to go before I can sit here and say, look out, world, here he comes. And Corey Kispert, I really did like this year. Impressed with his confidence and his shooting. And, uh, you know, we'll see where his game goes. But I think for a first year, it was pretty good. They'll all benefit, as the whole team will, if Washington can figure out a point guard situation. But you're right. Ultimately, I've been saying this for a while. This team, to me, is kind of locking themselves into that NBA middle, Once Brad assuming Bradley Beal stays on that contract which will make him basically the highest paid player in the league. The way to get out of it basically will be one of these guys has to turn into more than just a decent player, a solid player. Somebody has to become the Jordan Poole the way he's playing for the Warriors or the way Pascal Siakam emerged into a much more um than a, a late first round pick for Toronto. Right. We're, we'll see if that happens, but we're not there yet.
2: The problem is like as you know, we've talked to a lot of people with the Wizards over the last couple weeks been like they need to, they need to fix the defense badly. Uh, we know they need to go after like a point guard big man type but you look at the wizards and we've we've mentioned this their upside is like getting into the playoffs it's not being the Phoenix Suns. I don't they're not built right now to be a top seed. They're not a Boston Celtics they're not a Phoenix. Um, they're not even a Golden State and so you wonder as we have talked about, are you just playing to get in? Are you just doing like what the commanders did last year where they kind of touted this sub500 record? Hey, but we got into the playoffs. Um, or are you trying to build a championship-caliber team? To me, it has to be the latter. You're just you're just wetting the appetites of your fan base by getting in with a mediocre team.
1: Right. Well, and you know, like the, the, what's, one thing that's so interesting about all these different sports? It's one thing that's interesting talking with somebody who doesn't cover the sports that I primarily focus on. Is all these sports are differently in baseball? You can have the best player like Mike Trout or Juan Soto. And it doesn't mean squat because it, one player in baseball really, for the most part, does not mean that much other than the day a, start, a dominant starting pitcher perhaps plays. In the NBA, one player can mean a 25-game difference in, in your win-loss total if that one player is one of the best players in the league. The Juan Soto equivalent in the NBA is a game changer. The Wizards don't have that. A lot of teams don't have that. And that's how do you how do you get that player? And then if you don't, what, do you, what can you do? To take yourself up a level. Um, Here's what we, though, Brett can do to take ourselves up a level. Coming up next, Logan Paulson is going to be with us talking commanders, talking NFL draft. The draft is one week away. Let's get ready here on 106.7 The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?